1952 hit American Pie. And 1972, the first Winter Olympics in Asia were held. Do you know where it was? It was Sapporo, Japan. The first Winter Olympics in Asia, 1972, kicking off on February 3rd. That's a look at Today in History along with Mike Martini. I'm George Zahn. And thank you, George. And traffic right now, just have the one earlier accident. It's been with us all afternoon. Dana Avenue's ramp to 71 northbound. We have lots of delays, but they're in the usual spots, including Norwood Lateral westbound at Paddock, 71 northbound at Ridge, and again at the Reagan. 75 northbound slows at the lateral to Paddock and from Glendale Milford to 275. And southbound 75 slows between 7th Street and the Brent Spence Bridge. Your forecast, clouds right now, but we should clear up a little bit overnight. Tonight's low will be around 22 degrees. And then tomorrow, nice day. Sunny skies, a high of 42. But that will change on uh, Friday. Some snow, some rain possible. Uh, rain mostly during the day, 100% chance of precipitation, a high of 38. But then Friday night into Saturday, we could get some accumulating snow, maybe an inch or two. And then that should end sometime midday Saturday. Saturday's high around 32 degrees. Sunday, dry and sunny, but very cold, a high of only 25 degrees. And then we start to warm back up a little bit, at least on Monday and Tuesday. Highs back into the lower 30s. Right now, we are right around 38 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Stay tuned for Real Life Real Estate Investing coming up here on WMKV. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week is every week just like you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. And now that my microphone is on, I got unplugged. Well, I'm just not technical that way. I don't know about plugging stuff in. Tomorrow night at the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati meeting, the early meeting is about the incredible importance of proper bookkeeping why it can not just save you money, but actually make you money and what you need to do to set your business up right with Rhea Past President and non-practicing CPA Jerry Fink. The main meeting is a panel discussion, one actually that we were scheduled to have a month ago when we got snowed out on the future of real estate investing. We've got a panel of experts who are going to talk about uh, what has changed in their businesses in the last year and what they expect to see in the next year in the way of, oh, everything from rental properties to pre-foreclosures to bank-owned properties to creative finance to rehabbing, selling to first-time home buyers, all of that good sort of stuff. So 
a good chance to listen and also interact with and ask questions of some very experienced folks who can tell you where the big opportunities and the big pitfalls are over the course of the next 12 months. That's the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati. Meets at the usual location at the Jordan Crossing corner of Reading and Seymour. Early meetings at 6 o'clock, main meetings at 7.30. You can get more information by calling 859-292-7342, 859-292-RIA, or by going to CincinnatiRIA.com. Our topic today is the changes in FHA rules and some other lending rules that are going to affect us as folks who like to sell properties to first-time home buyers, whether that be through purchasing, rehabbing, and reselling, or through lease options, land contracts, that sort of thing. Anything where you've got a homeowner who's going to need to get financing, you need to be aware of some of these uh, continuing <laughs> changes that are going on in FHA, Fannie Mae, and some of the grant programs that are available. My guest today is Jonathan Barber, who, as a loan consultant at TrustCore, got the Divisional Employee of the Year Award in 2004, became their Ohio sales leader in 05, 06, 07, is currently with UNMCO, which is a member of the Ohio Mortgage Bankers Association, and has specialized for many years in CMHA financing, FHA lending, VA, grant money, conventional loans. Jonathan's motto is that he wants to make home ownership dreams a reality, and he's been doing that for many, many years, and we are very glad to have him here on Real Life Real Estate today. Jonathan. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Good. Thank uh, you for that introduction. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm very glad to have, uh, have finally, have finally gotten you scheduled on the show. I've, I've been, I've been wanting to do this for a long time and we just kept missing each other when, when you could be here, when I could be here. And, uh, so much of, of what, what you do, which is really, really approaching things from the other side, you're dealing with our buyers, directly yeah. affects what we do and, and, mm-hmm. and what we yeah. can do. And I got to tell you, the loan rules are changing so fast now, it's hard to keep up with them unless you're looking at it every day the way you are. Right. And there are some days when I don't get to look at it. Um, but when you, when you mentioned continuing changes earlier, that, I mean, that is, that is such an appropriate description because these rules, it seems like, and all due respect to the gods of Mount Olympus who, who make up these rules, but <laughs> these rules that keep changing them in order to protect uh, what we have left of the lending industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really glad to have the opportunity to share the little knowledge that I have um, with your listeners. Well, we're going we're gonna to focus largely on some of the changes in FHA uh, because mm-hmm. something funny has happened to FHA since the pro- subprime market collapsed, which is they have gone from being like six or seven percent of the first time home buyer market to mm-hmm. being like twenty five percent exactly of the first time yep. home buyer market. And many of our uh potential buyers, uh for many of our potential buyers, that is the best loan. I mean, you know, fixed rate, low rate, um more forgiving sometimes about uh situations than other lenders. Yeah. And Definitely. and of course uh you know notorious for their low down payments but a lot of that stuff has been shifting 
uh, away from being as flexible as it maybe has been in the past. And a, a big part of that reason for folks who are not aware of this is that FHA is going broke. <laughs> okay, and those were your words and not mine. <laughs> Because see, I have to protect my license. I'm not allowed to say what I really say. But after we after we disconnect, I'll I'll give you the the whole truth and nothing but no. But seriously, everything you said is 100% correct. Um, I remember the days um, back in early 2000 where people could could get a conventional loan with a 600 score. I, I remember 580 scores with conventional loans and great interest rates, but that shifted. Um, those credit score requirements increased, down payment requirements increased, and FHA has become a very popular loan. The problem with that is it's become, I I don't want to use the term too popular, but quite frankly, like you said, they're going broke, which is why um, in April, I believe the date is April 5, we're going to see some major changes to FHA. FHA has has been the um, the spine of lending right now. It is what is making real estate move right now. At Union National, we have maybe 110, 105 loan officers. And at one point, the majority of our loan officers delved into conventional financing. Mm-hmm. Now, nearly all of us are focusing on FHA, VA, and USDA because I mean, you almost have to be, I don't want to use the term perfect, but, I mean, you need to have very solid credit scores and 5% down, and, of course, you need to find a house that's not in a declining market area in order to close with conventional financing. So FHA has been abused, and it's going to change. It's going to require people to have more down payment if the client has imperfect credit, um, it's going to increase the upfront mortgage insurance premium. And, and, you know, I'm going to try not to preach and try not to get too emotional about that subject because that right there, the increase of the upfront mortgage insurance premium combined with the new GFE rules, the good faith estimate rules requiring every lender to list everything like it's a, a grocery list, everything from the credit report, to the hazard insurance, including the upfront MIP as if it were a charge, those things are going to make it difficult for buyers to close. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Buyers not only are going to need 10% down, but buyers are going to have to demonstrate that they have this extra money to close on top of the 10%. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's really important that we develop a plan of action with as many people as possible to let them know, hey, look, this is going to come in April. Your investors need to tell the lease option clients, this is going to come. Start saving, start budgeting, start working on cleaning the credit. Because in April, it's going to be a different ballgame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when we come back, I want to talk about about what some of these specific rate increases and and so on are. Uh, before that, I want to invite anyone who's got a question about FHA, VA, USDA financing kind of thing that 
uh, your typical first-time homebuyers are using, this is a great opportunity to ask it because uh, Jonathan really stays on top of this stuff. We've got two numbers that you can use if you're in the greater Cincinnati area, 772-9658. If you're outside the greater Cincinnati area listening to us on the Internet, call us at 877-772-9658 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Support comes from our members and from Cleves and Lahneman Jewelers in Bellevue, Kentucky, featuring a large selection from modern to antique to estate jewelry. They also offer a wide selection of loose diamonds and engagement rings. Cleves and Lahneman Jewelers, since 1932 in Bellevue, Kentucky. Checking on traffic, we have a couple of accidents right now. We have the one in the cleanup stages, Dana, the ramp to 71 northbound. The other one out on the west side, Queen City at Ferguson, and we have delays in the usual spots, a little heavier than usual perhaps, Norwood Lateral westbound between Paddock and 75. Weather forecast this evening will clear out a little bit. We'll get some partly cloudy skies overnight with a low of 22, and tomorrow looks quite good, partly sunny with a high of 42 degrees. After that, could get some snow Friday night into Saturday, uh, maybe one or two inches uh, by midday Saturday afternoon. Uh, highs on Friday around 38, highs on Saturday in the low 30s, and highs on Sunday only in the mid-20s. It's the best in music tonight on WMKV 89.3 FM. At 8 p.m. after Mystery Playhouse, it's Hit Parade Highlights. At 9 o'clock tonight, Don't Miss In Concert. And at 10 p.m., Barbershop Harmony, followed at 11 p.m. by Music Till Midnight. Your favorites are right here every day on 89.3 FM, WMKV, the way radio was and is meant to be. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Jonathan Barber, who is a fairly well-known local expert, thanks to his free weekly e-letter that he sends out on... uh, um, the topic of what's going on in the finance market, which, by the way, Jonathan, I enjoy very much. It's Thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it. Always funny and always well-written and um, always informative. I mean, you, you, are, you are like my source <laughs> for, for all this information. Um, okay, so we were talking before the break about some of the changes that are going on within FHA, and you mentioned that one that kind of sticks in your crawl maybe a little bit is the uh, increase in the in the insurance premium, which uh, this this by the way is the second increase in two years, mm-hmm. and this mortgage insurance, of course, is to is to try and help cover the defaults. That's the mm-hmm. the purpose of it, but mm-hmm. uh, it's currently like one and three quarters percent of the total loan amount, and it's going mm-hmm. to go up to two and a quarter percent. Correct. Which is doesn't sound like a lot, except that. Um, you know, when you're talking about a $100,000 loan or you're out in California, you're talking about a $300,000 loan. It is a lot. Yeah, but but here's what everyone, uh, well, I should say everyone who's not a loan officer, here's what everyone misses. The new, and I really don't want to take the conversation to the new GFE because it really is a good tool in some particular circumstances. But the fact that you add the um, extra monies in the upfront MIP, when you add that to the new GFE, the new good faith estimate, it is it is added on the right hand side of the new good faith estimate as a cost, as a charge. Like you put milk in the grocery cart and you scan it, it it's a charge that you actually 
must show you can pay for. And it becomes a problem now because it's much higher, and most of these clients don't have the ability to show that. So April will hold, um, like you mentioned, if you're buying a higher-priced uh, home, it's going to be uh, pretty painful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the closing process will be very painful. Well, and and that's not the end of it because I uh, have also been reading that uh, FHA, which has been one of the few lenders left that was willing to allow any kind of seller contribution oh, yeah, to yeah. The, to is, this yeah. thing, is is cutting back the amount of seller contribution. Yeah, from now on, instead of the six percent. FHA is cutting that to 3%. Um, so when you combine the increase to the amount that you must show you have because of the MIP and the title fees that we have to magically know as lenders, we have to magically know every title fee so we can put it on the GFE. Mm-hmm. Not only must you show you can pay all that, but now the seller can't help you pay for that. He can only pay 3%. So if you're, uh, your investor's, um, are trying to resell an $80,000 home, that's not enough money. Mm-hmm. 3% is not enough. Mm-hmm. So now your your buyer must show that he can document um, and pay the difference. So it's, it's going to be a challenge. Um, you know, fortunately, many loan officers here in Cincinnati and throughout the nation are very skilled with grant money. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will be able to tie in different grant monies to make up the difference. So uh, all is not totally lost. There, There is always hope, but, I mean, we just have to make sure we let people know that it's going to be different. You can't just walk to a bank and, you know, buy a house with no money in the bank account. It, those days are gone. Mm-hmm. They're sorely, um, definitely gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And wait, there's more. Uh, higher down payments for folks with credit scores below 580. Correct. Which, I mean, I'm not going to say if my opinion if that's a good or a bad thing, but I will say this. I know that most of the banks here in Cincinnati aren't taking anything below a 620. In fact, on our rate sheet, and we get rate sheets from um, all the different investors in the nation, and there isn't one giving us a rate sheet saying, hey, we welcome 580 credit scores. <laughs> and, and you know what, Jonathan, that is a really important point to make, is that FHA is not the lender. F- FHA is the insurer. Correct. And their policies, FHA's policies, may be different than the individual bank that That's is actually mm-hmm. making the loan. Just because FHA says we will do this doesn't mean the bank has to do this. Right, and that okay. was that was a, a, a few weeks back. There was this huge. I mean, I got eighty-five twitters in seven hours, or tweets. Excuse me, I don't want to use the wrong term there and show my age. I got eighty-five tweets in in six hours that FHA had dropped the three-month holding requirement right. for the resale of of properties, and everyone was all excited about it because. Of course, here in the investment community, we've always been like, what does it matter how long I've owned it? What, <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what ought to matter yeah. is how much did I fix it up and how much does it appraise for? But what what has come out about that is FHA may have dropped it, but that doesn't mean the individual banks have dropped it. Exactly. And, and I'm so glad you repeated that point and drilled it home because 
the underwriter for the particular bank has to measure the amount of risk that he that the bank will take. Um, when that uh, flipping thing was was removed this year, uh, very recently, we were warned as loan officers not to uh, celebrate prematurely just because HUD said, "Hey, we're going to try to stimulate the the uh, real estate markets by waiving this ban." That doesn't mean anything because underwriters have to decide how they are going to implement this this policy. And believe me, it's pretty deep. I mean, we already have one of the investors telling us exactly how they want it implemented. And it's it's going to be fun. <laughs> um, the buyer finds a house that one of your investors has, um, if we can use the term flip, one of your investors flipped the property, he's selling it on the 81st day, the buyer must uh, work with the lender very carefully and uh, get a home inspection that the buyer cannot pay for. Mm -hmm. The buyer cannot pay for his own home inspection. So the loan officer and the bank somehow have to convince this and the home inspector to be paid at the closing. The home inspection now becomes part of the underwriting process. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it is good that, you know, HUD's trying to do something, but it, it, we're going to create um, a, a very challenging process for underwriting in this no-flipping thing. But it, it's going to be great because your investors will move these properties that have been sitting on our corners um, for so long. So it, it'll be good, but it is going to be painful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and all of this stuff, and, and we're not done yet. <laughs> There's more. Um, <laughs> all of this stuff is is very interesting because uh, the 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 reasons that are being given, at least in the media, for some of these changes have to do with abuses of FHA. Where and I'm reading something from the Wall Street Journal here that says that sellers have heavily marked up their purchase price to compensate for their contribution. Now that's 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 very interesting to me because out in the real world my my experience and the experience of like every person I know who fixes and sells houses or sells them to sells lease options and things like that is that appraisals right now are shall we say extremely conservative. They are and that no matter how much I want to mark up my house, quote unquote, the days where the days where I can just get an appraisal for whatever mm-hmm. I want are 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 over with. Right. So I, you know, I kind of I I have to, in reading between the lines and what the media is saying, wonder how much of that sort of thing is actually going on versus how much the program is just trying to rein in. Not not abuses, but mistakes. They're just they're just trying to right. have fewer defaults. Exactly. I'm, I, in my humble opinion, the guy who wrote that article is stuck back in the year 2000, during a time when predatory lending, inflated appraised values, uh, the Ameridream, Nehemiah, and programs like that were listed in bold print on appraisals. Hey, this house is worth 150. And the seller uh, contributed to a marriage dream, and the seller paid six percent, and we took that into consideration. Uh, okay, fine. To some degree, those were abuses, 
back in the early 2000s. Um, but I don't think we're really doing that now. Like you said, appraisers are terrified. They are not writing. Most of the times they'll get a, um, an order for an appraisal, and they'll simply look at the purchase contract and write that on the appraised value. Mm-hmm. They're not giving true appraisals anymore because everyone is so scared of risk. Appraisers are afraid to put put a higher value because it makes them look like they are the 2000 and 2001 and 2002 appraiser inflating the value to make it look like the borrower is getting a better deal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I agree with everything you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we need to take another quick break, and I want to once again remind our listeners that this is your unique opportunity, because you, you call me next week and ask me questions about this, and I'm going to be like, uh, you should have called Jonathan. Um, we do have a number here that you can call us, though, with any questions you have about FHA, VA, USDA, first-time homebuyer-type loans, grants, etc., at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Or you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Programming on WMKV is supported by the Knowles of Oxford. The Knowles of Oxford is now building new spacious cottages and their development Redbud Trace on campus. The Knowles offers an active retirement with all the benefits of a college town. More information about the new Redbud Trace cottages and the entire Knowles campus is available at 513-524-7990. That's 513-524-7990. One accident right now, it's Queen City at Ferguson. We have delays in the usual spots, including the Norwood Lateral Westbound at Paddock, Southbound 75 at the Brent Spence Bridge, North 75 around the Lateral, and then again from Glendale Milford to 275. On 71 northbound, you slow up around Stewart, and then Montgomery to Pfeiffer. Forecast tonight, partly cloudy skies, a low around 22. Tomorrow, partly sunny with a high of 42. That all changes Friday. A 100% chance of precipitation. That could mean some accumulating snow Friday night into Saturday. Right now, though, it's 38 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Jonathan Barber, who is uh, with United National Mortgage Company here in Cincinnati. He's a senior mortgage specialist there and just works practically exclusively with first-time home buyers. And uh, if you get his weekly email, there's always stories in there of some of the challenges that <laughs> come with working with first-time home buyers. And we're talking today about uh, first-time home buyer type loans. And we've been focusing primarily on the changes in FHA because, and it turns out I quoted that wrong, Jonathan, that, that information I had about 25, FHA being 25% of the market, that's apparently two months old. It's now over 33% of the market. Mm-hmm. And these, these changes that are coming up in April that we've been discussing, uh, nearly coincide with the end of the first time homebuyer tax credit. Mm-hmm. So that should have a really interesting effect. <laughs> that's, that's one way to put it. That's certainly one way to put it. We're going to we're going to make it more expensive for buyers mm-hmm. to buy, and then at the same time, we're not going to give them the tax credit anymore. So we'll see if this doesn't throw us into another uh, little bit of a selling doldrum in uh, 
in the summer, which is, of course, good if you're buying and bad if you're selling. Uh, we did get a we did get a caller question, Jonathan, and for some reason it was handed to me on a piece of paper. I assume the caller didn't want to stay on the line. Uh, <laughs> wants to know when loan officers figure out your income to debt ratio, do they include college loans for a dependent if the applicant co-signed on that loan? That's a good question, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying before with different lenders are going to have different interpretations. The rule is if you can prove um, that it's not your responsibility, then it's not going to count. But now what's happening is if your name is anywhere associated to that loan, anywhere associated, even if you prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that someone else is paying for it, some underwriters are counting that against your debt ratio. Um, You might call it unfair. You might call FHA and complain, but different banks are taking more conservative approaches to cover their assets, Mm -hmm. Um, if I can use that pun. (laughs) But but that's a very good question, Mm -hmm. very good question. Mm -hmm. Best to think conservatively. Right. And, uh, I mean, I think we're just just getting back into a time uh, where the rule is going to be you got to save for a house. Yes. And and it's it's beyond the the 3.5% down payment you have to make or the 10% down payment you have to make there's also uh the costs that are going up and up and up as we as we've we've already talked about. Now, you've mentioned once or twice that there there's there's another thing that 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 goes into these loans for some first-time home buyers and that is the availability of grant money. And we need to say before we launch into this that you're really an expert in like Ohio, but that most states have some sort of similar program that folks could explore. Um, What sort of thing is available here in Ohio? Well, the the favorite one is the Addy program, which is actually federal. So some of your listeners who are hearing this information in other states contact – your local housing agency and ask about the American Dream Down Payment Initiative. It was actually uh, money that was set aside by Bush many years ago, and it's still around. So Addy is a great program. Um, unfortunately, you can't buy anywhere in Ohio. It has to be within certain communities. <laughs> Addy will give you up to 6.5%, sometimes even 7% of the purchase price, up to a maximum of $8,500 for down payment assistance. Um, that is my ultimate uh, favorite grant because there's not a tremendous amount of red tape. The borrowers who are interested in that do have to take home buyer education. The Addy staff, they work very carefully with the borrowers, measuring debt ratio, housing ratio, income, and ability to uh, be successful homeowners. Mm-hmm. So, um that's that's one program. There's another one that I just learned about um, through working in neighborhoods. They give borrowers um, $3,000 that they don't have to pay back. Um, unfortunately, the qualification uh, material is rather strict. Um, borrowers have to stay within a certain income level, similar to Addy but more severe, and also buy within the city of Cincinnati. Um, one loan that Union National... Um, specializes in is Ohio Bond, 
and their various grant products. Mm-hmm. Um, the most recent Ohio bond grant product is the Grants for Grads program that caters to people who have graduated within 18 months. Um, there's also the Ohio Hero program or grant through Ohio Bond. It caters to uh, teachers, policemen, firemen, nurses, doctors, people who basically help the community. Mm-hmm. So these people get special rates, special deals, and money to uh, pay for the home. There's the Ohio Bond, what we lovingly call DAP, um, down payment assistance. I don't know why we call it DAP, but it's DPA. Um, it gives the buyer 2.5% that does not have to be returned, um, unless, of course, the buyer moves out mm-hmm. of the home within, you know, five to nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, there is another grant out there um, that is phenomenal. Um, it is actually through Columbus, through Ohio Bond, and this organization which is not heavily advertised at all. It gives money to certain nonprofit agencies, uh, such as Price Hill Will, Cincinnati Housing Partners. It gives the money to these agencies. The agencies will go in and fix up a home and make it better than a Dries model home. I've seen them. These are wonderful remodeled homes. Um, And sometimes they build them from scratch. And the buyer can get the house at an incredibly discounted price because these agencies, Price or Will and Cincinnati Housing Partners, instead of selling the house for the 180 or the 175, they use the grant money to drop the purchase price to in the 130 or 120 range, making it a more affordable purchase for these first-time buyers. So there's that grant. There's some um, Hamilton County grant funds that are still available, up to $30,000. There's the uh, federal home loan money. My bank does not offer the federal home loan bank money, but the money is out there. Um, I can refer people to banks that offer that um, money. But even though things are getting tough, I guess I really want to emphasize as long as we plan, your investors who have these properties that need to move, we just have to plan. They have to plan with these buyers, working with them to get their credit together working with them to fill out an ADDI application or an Ohio bond application. As long as we prepare an action plan, then hopefully we will be successful in getting people homes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's really important, I think, to, to say that whenever we are working with a buyer who comes to us and want to buy, wants to buy FHA it, or, or with any other of these specialized programs, it's really important to make sure that the mortgage broker that they're with really understands those programs. Right. Because they're, they're, they're different than other programs. They change all the time. And mm-hmm. I've, re- I've read some of your stories about the lengths to which you go <laughs> to uh, really explain away things that would normally be a problem uh, mm-hmm. with, with, with the program. And um, if you could just give an example of the sort of thing that people think are, are deal killers and yet you can sometimes push them through anyway. Yeah. With, with proper preparation, um, I guess I should just pull out all the loans that I've done just this year alone. For example, 
today I received an approval um, for a very nice buyer who's probably listening, so I'll be very careful. Um, <laughs> she received an approval, squeaky clean approval, yet she had an employment gap of over a year, less than perfect credit. When she had a home, she had mortgage late. But she has an approval. Um, another case, um, a young lady who had um, many student loans and less than perfect credit, also tons of collections, and a very high debt ratio of over 50%. We were able to close that deal. Um, working with a client now who had two bankruptcies, two bankruptcies, collections after the bankruptcies, and less than perfect credit. These are not um, tales that I'm just trying to tell everyone to get everyone excited. These are true um, situations. American people right now are hurting because we don't have money. We're in a recession, and bad things are going to happen to good people. But even though those bad things happen to good people, I hate to sound like a cliche, <laughs> but as long as we prepare and know everything going in, we can usually close that loan. What happens when buyers hold back and don't want to mention the fact that they're really married, like one of my clients was actually married and didn't say anything until we found out too late and almost killed the deal. When buyers hold back that information and don't share it, we can't protect them. Mm -hmm. And that's usually when the loans die, when they don't reveal the fact that the $3,000 collection that they said wasn't true is really true when they don't work full-time, mm -hmm. but they show enough pay stubs to make it look like they're working full-time. As long as we get the whole picture and work together with the realtors and the investors, um, usually we can make things work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, very good. We're starting to get some questions in here at askvina at gmail dot com for those of you who uh, have questions about what we're talking about here, which is changes in FHA, how to get your buyers qualified, um, how to how to get them grant money if if that's out there in your state and so on. And um, Jonathan, you may understand this question better than I do. Uh, it's from Mike in St. Louis. He says, I'm looking at a home path listing way under market value. I have three judgments that are not showing on my credit report. How can I still get a loan? Now, home path is, uh, Fannie Mae's, right. uh, special little project program for their, for their REOs, for their bank owned right. properties. And, um, I don't know, you know, if the, if the judgments aren't showing on a credit report, I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it sounds, it sounds like he's answered his own question. I mean, there are times when someone at the courthouse forgets to file some paperwork or maybe a debtor forgets to scratch up your credit. If, if the judgments are not showing, don't tell anybody and, and don't, I mean, what's, what's the term? Don't ask, don't tell. You're fine. As long as you have the 620 credit score, um, as long as you have um, a good situation that you can present to an underwriter, or in St. Louis, I'm sure you can find some really good loan officers down there who will sit down with you, close the door, take out a notepad, and write out everything and try to figure out the best way to present your case. It's probably a very easy loan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we've had a couple of emails. I guess I should not have um, 
have have said that thing about your your e letter uh, because we had a couple emails from people saying how can Jonathan tell us how to get his newsletter without violating public radio regulations and I just ran that past Mike and since there's no charge for it uh, right. he says that that it's okay so how how would they go about getting on your e- on your email list so that you could send them that um, people may feel free to email me um, at J Barber J Barber no period J Barber at U nmco.com, which stands again for Union National Mortgage Company, jbarber at unmco.com, or visit my website, which is www.jonathanbarber.com, J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N. Yeah, I was going to say, your, your, your name's spelled a little bit unusually for yeah, <laughs> Jonathan. So. I, my parents are funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, my, my every every time I type your name into into um, Word, it tells me it's misspelled. So. Um <laughs> All right, we need to take another quick break, after which we will answer questions from Charlie here in Cincinnati and from JC in Las Vegas and from you, if you'd like to give us a call at 772-9658-877-772-9658 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859-292-7342. Checking on traffic right now, just one accident. Queen City at Ferguson, also uh, slowdowns northbound 75. Uh, slowing up a bit around the lateral up through Paddock and again at Glendale Milford. Southbound 75, you're on the brakes between Ezra Charles and the Brent Spence Bridge. Northbound 71, slows up around the lateral through Stewart and then Montgomery to Pfeiffer. And of course, uh, uh, still some heavier than usual slowdowns, Norwood lateral westbound between Paddock and 75. It's pretty cloudy right now, but we should get some clearing after midnight. Tonight's low 22 degrees and some sunshine tomorrow with a high of 42 Eh, but don't enjoy it too much because then on Friday, a 100% chance of precipitation, beginning, of course, with rain and then falling into some snow accumulations possible uh, Friday night into Saturday. The uh, high temperature Friday will be around 38 degrees, but the low Friday night, upper 20s, and then the high on Saturday around freezing mark, uh, 32 degrees. Sunday, partly sunny, a high of 28 degrees, so a chilly day on Sunday. Monday and Tuesday of next week, we should see temperatures at least creep near the freezing mark and maybe a little bit above on Tuesday. And there is a 50% chance of precipitation both Monday night into Tuesday. Right now, though, we're at 38 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Jonathan Barber from United National Mortgage Company here in Cincinnati. He's an expert in first-time home buyer loan placement. And uh, we're talking today about the challenges of getting first-time home buyer loans today, what's changing, what still works, what you can expect to face if you are looking to do that over the course of the next few months. And after that, I'm sure it will change again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got a, got an email here from, uh, Charlie in Cincinnati. 
He says, I am one of your 3,600 Facebook fans, and I want to know if you've determined who your biggest fan is or can we compete. And <clears throat> Charlie, as tempted as I am to, to, to start you know, getting people to send me chocolates and flowers and cruise tickets and you know things like that so that they can prove that they're the biggest fan of real life real estate i'm afraid that i i just have to treat everybody equally and say i i love i love all of the fans of real life real estate investing if you'd like to become one go to realliferealestateradio.com and you'll get a weekly update on the upcoming program as well as a weekly article that will be of use to you in your uh, real estate career. And this week's article was by Jonathan Barber on some uh, challenging cases he's faced in getting folks loans. It was was very funny and also very uh, sort of enlightening. Uh, So again, that's realliferealestateradio.com. And on a program note, uh, I am assuming that we don't get snowed in on Monday, which I don't know, it's sounding like that could happen, uh, going to be out of town for the next two weeks. And rather than run pre-recorded programs, I have a guest host for the first time in the history of Real Life Real Estate Investing. Uh, guest host is going to be coming in to interview our experts on uh, bookkeeping and on fair housing. Uh, it's Jim Shapiro, and you all have heard him here on Real Life Real Estate, and I want you to be really, really nice to him because I know he's going to be nervous. So call in with lots of good questions so he doesn't have to tap dance and wonder how to how to fill a whole show because I know when I was first on, I would have what I thought was two hours worth of questions, and I'd talk so fast it would take 35 minutes to ask them all, and I'd be sitting there going, oh, my God, I've got 25 more minutes. So be good to him. Uh, Jonathan, a uh, question here from uh, JC in uh, Las Vegas. He says, why does FHA hate condos so much? I w- <laughs> I've been I've been looking at some condominiums that look like real bargains, and I keep being told there's hard, there's almost no way I'm going to get an FHA loan on them. That's true. That's <laughs> um, wow. That, that that's a good one. It's not that FHA hates condos, but what you need to and I'll try and give the short version answer here. The fact is. Um, as I think I, I kind of touched on in my last newsletter, the leaders are looking at indicators, indicators from the past that we have recklessly overlooked. These indicators lead to foreclosure. Now, this might be a totally prejudiced statement, but they believe bad credit led to foreclosures, okay? Mm -hmm. They believed um, high loan-to-value was uh, an indicator of someone who would foreclose. They also believed condos, people who purchased condos, had a higher rate of foreclosure, not just FHA, but also, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much that the gods are hating condos, but they're just trying to figure out solutions. Um, I agree with whoever told you it's almost impossible to close a condo. As I put in, in one of my newsletters, and I don't know if I, I use this 
joke, but I mean, you'd have a better chance of of having a, uh, delivering a baby as a male <laughs> than, than closing a condo. In other words, there it's happened once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and and you know, we we really don't know the success rate of this because it just came out. I mean, they talked about doing it. They talked about doing it. They said, we're going to do it this way. Yeah, we'll do it this way. And then at the beginning of February 1st, uh, 2010, they said, okay, here it is. Now, everything we've been talking about, we're going to do it. So from now on, um, the spot loan approval process is over. So you can't just give a loan officer a contract and say, loan officer, go do some work. Um, The homeowners association must now be in complete control by the owners, um, which which might sound easy, but it's really not in some uh, condo communities. At least 50% of the units must be occupied by people who have an interest in the property, by owners and not mm-hmm. by renters. Mm-hmm. Um, lenders, and here's the thing that is is the reason why your guy told you it's impossible. Lenders have to conduct a ridiculously lengthy HUD review process. So this process includes environmental reviews. Um, It's just, it's almost um, impossible. Mm -hmm. It's almost impossible especially when the the current real estate process involves you finding a condo, writing an offer on the condo, and closing in 30 days, 40 days. But now you're depending on the government to nitpick the heck out of your documentation that sometimes you have to pay $200, $150 just to get from a condo association. They have to nitpick this documentation, evaluate it, and figure out if they're going to insure the condo, so this explains and, and why the tip of the iceberg. this explains why I'm seeing condo complexes here in Cincinnati that literally are thirty percent vacant, and mm-hmm. the vacancies are all foreclosures. Because if you can't sell your condo to get out from under a foreclosure because mm-hmm. the financing just doesn't exist. It, that's a problem that kind of feeds on itself, doesn't it? <laughs> You're right. You're exactly right. We are trying to solve the problem, and by solving the problem, we have created a bigger problem. <laughs> so, I mean, you're you're exactly right. Um, but but there is hope. I mean, I forget the gentleman's name who wrote the the question, but he needs to go or she needs to go to a local credit union. Um, a bank that does not sell these loans on the secondary market and uh, will probably get a better deal. Or the buyer needs to have 700 credit score and 10% to put down mm-hmm. and go conventional. Now, there are some problems with going conventional as well, but at least you'll close eventually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with a conventional uh, condo financing that's, route. That's interesting because condos are, of course in some ways, the ideal first-time home buyer home. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to mow the lawn, and you don't have to worry about the roof, and you don't have to worry about the furnace, and yet it doesn't sound like FHA is too friendly to those. Um, 
Uh, got an email from Julie in New Jersey. Uh, could not get the spelling of Jonathan. It's J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N. And also wanted to know from you, Jonathan, how you spell Addy, the fund grant that you um, mentioned. Cap- capitalize the acronym, A-D-D-I, no period, and then type the state that you're in, and it will pull up um, some housing agencies where you can find that information. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or if you email me, I'll be more than happy to help you find someone. Well, one more quick uh, question that came in via email from Eric in Chicago. Uh, were the loan approvals for those with less than perfect history just a function of you being upfront and honest, or do you have more lenient lenders than everybody else? <laughs> no, no, I'm just more stubborn, to tell you the truth. <laughs> um, and, and anyone who's listening to this and knows me knows that in some cases, and I have a degree in English, and I took creative writing at SEPA, so I love doing this. I will create a story. And here is the key. If you have a loan officer that you don't like, play back this tape to your loan officer, and your loan will get approved. What everyone needs to understand is banks don't like humans. (laughs) I know that sounds like a Kanye Westism, but it's true. Banks don't like humans. Banks treat these loan applications, these purchase contracts, these hopes and these dreams like paper. That's how these underwriters are viewing it. So the minute you make the paper look like a mom who's taking care of her mom and has three kids but living living in the mom's house, um, had a job for two years, fought breast cancer, um, gives to the church. The minute you let these underwriters know that this is a human being on this paper and you explain that in a very detailed fashion, the better off you are. That is how I get my loans closed. It's not that I have more lenient lenders. It's just that I am probably the most stubborn individual on the planet when it comes to finding a way to make something risky look average. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, Jonathan, I'm going to thank you very much for joining us today oh. and enlightening us uh, about the changes in FHA and remind everyone else that we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. This is 89.3 WMKV, Reading, Ohio. We've now joined Fox 19 News for us. Good evening. I'm Trisha Mackey. And I'm Dan Carroll. Let's get right to it. Chief Meteorologist Steve Horsmeyer is tracking. Steve, can we call it a major winter storm? Yeah, I think that would be a good description. It's still developing, but by the time it's over, it will definitely be major in several areas around the eastern part of the U.S. Any of the counties that are shown here in blue are under a winter storm watch. Begin-